Welcome to EHS on Tap. I'm your host, Jay Kumar, Editor-in-Chief of EHS Daily Advisor. This week, I talked to Kareen Towler, Director of the National Safety Council's Musculoskeletal Disorders Solutions Lab, and Emily Prentice, Senior Research Associate for the lab, about their latest research. And now, on to the interview. All right, I am here at the NSC Safety Congress and Expo in lovely San Diego, and I'm joined today by... Kareen Towler, director of the NSC's MSD Solutions Lab, and Emily Prentice, senior research associate uh, at the MSD Solutions Lab. Welcome to the uh, program. Thank you so much. We're happy to be here. Yeah, great, great to have you. And I guess uh, before we get started into questions about um, your research, I was wondering if you could tell me a little bit about yourselves and the lab and sort of how it got started. Absolutely. I'll, I'll start with that. So uh, I'm Corrine, and I have recently joined the National Safety Council. I've been here for about a year now. Um, really joined to work with the MSD Solutions Lab, uh, which is this fantastic, dynamic new program uh, that was funded by a gift from Amazon, really to look at the number one most prevalent workplace injury, which is musculoskeletal disorders. Um, when we look into the data, we know that nearly a quarter of the world's population suffers from an MSD. Now, those may not all be work-related, but right. many of them are, and that um, really rolls into all aspects of, of life, you know, people's work life, their home life, what they're able to do in their communities, yeah. um, are all wildly affected by this. So the lab was really designed to address that issue, find solutions, share that information out across the world. It's not the most glamorous injury, yeah. so it sometimes tends to um, not get maybe as much attention as some things that are more dramatic, sure. but less common, yeah. right? And then Emily? Thank you, Corrine. <laughs> so I am Emily. I have actually been at the council for a little over four years now. And I was brought in to help the MSC Solutions Lab get their research up and running, off the ground, due to my background in research, obviously, but also in my early life, as I call it, I was actually a high school athletic trainer. Oh, cool. So I have a different view of musculoskeletal disorders, but was very excited to apply that to industry. Excellent. So I guess before... Tell us a little bit about musculoskeletal disorders and what are they and you know, what, how do you commonly get them? With your athletic training background, <laughs> yes, right, right. I, I feel like, Emily, you might be the... I've probably had a few of these. <laughs> probably. We, most of us have. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. So a musculoskeletal disorder is really any injury or illness to your cartilage, your joints, your muscles, ligaments. Um, also commonly called to, as we've all known them, a sprain or a strain. Yep. So those Definitely are prob those. probably yeah. the most yeah. common musculoskeletal disorder you see. Um, in the workplace, we see a lot of low back injuries. Um, low back sprains and strains are very prevalent. Um, carpal tunnel mm -hmm. uh, syndrome is a common one as well. Um, there's rotator cuff injuries in the shoulder, so that the rotator cuff injuries really restrict that overhead yep. movement that our, our, a lot of our workers do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so you just released a white paper mm -hmm. about uh, MSD. What were your findings? 
great. That's me again. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. Away, so we found through our, we started with actually 13,500 articles and we followed a very rigorous methodology that includes inclusion criteria, which is standard in the research world to narrow that down to 58 articles. So it was a lot of reading. We, yeah. lo we love to do it. That's why we're in this field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but we found out that all of our articles could be combined into essentially three categories. And the categories were physical modifications. And we defined that as either the physical work environment or the physical body as it relates to human performance. Um, our second category was cognitive processes. So how we think about things, um, how we re react to stress. And then the third category was or organizational change management. So we're talking about culture or sure. policies, processes that affect all those as well. And we found that out of our 58 articles, they either fit nicely into one of those categories or they fit into maybe two of those categories. They kind of combined two of those as well or three. Um, and we did find that of no surprise, a lot of the articles did focus on the physical modifications, which again is we know that, okay, if you work on the physical environment, you can reduce risk, right. which is the gold standard, what we want to do. If there's no risk, there's not a problem. Yeah. And then the second one we found was a lot of industries are also working on that physical human modification. So if that's resistance training or stretching, However, the issue of that is the risk is still there. So right. maybe you're, work, you're trying to make the worker more resilient, but there's still this massive risk. risk? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And we actually found that those interventions, again, in our 58 articles that were the most effective were those that combined two categories. So maybe they combined physical modifications of cognitive processes, which if you think about it, it makes sense. We're yeah. not just looking at the physical work environment or the person, we're also thinking about, okay, how do they think about the problem? How do they think about their work? Um, or it was the same with, maybe I'm gonna combine physical modifications with organizational change management because it's all great at the end of the day, but if you don't have the organizational support, if you don't have that culture, you know, those are two very important things that we need yeah. to address this multifaceted issue. Um, and then a question we get a lot too was, oh, what did you find when we combined all three? <laughs> we didn't find a lot actually of studies that combined all three. Yeah. So that is an area for future research that's needed. Um, and then we get asked a lot about, okay, well, what about limitations, barriers? How can we overcome those? And two of the biggest limitations I think we found was the first one being outside of healthcare, there were not a lot of um, females <laughs> included in the study po population. I think it makes sense in healthcare, right. but majority of the study population were those who identify as male. Right. So, but we're missing <laughs> right. this massive kind of part of the population. population. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and then uh, another big one we found was for our average age group was between mid-30s to mid-40s. But as we all know, we also have this current issue going on where we have an aging workforce. Yeah. Our workers are getting older, there's not enough people going in. And if you talk to industry, they're gonna say, no, my average worker is 50. 
So we need 50 plus. Yes. And there's exactly. probably more injuries in that age group as, mm-hmm. as well, right? Yeah, and we also know too, just you live and from experience and just as you age, your body changes. So it's, we definitely need more to conquer the diverse workforce because that's what it is. Yeah. Right. What we, what we actually typically see with the workforce is the older workers get hurt less frequently, but they tend to get hurt more severely when they do get hurt. That's more commonly found. Yeah. Probably because they, have, they already know about those risks and they... Right, they've probably yeah, learned yeah. how, to, how to avoid some yeah. of those things or they've, they've learned their own techniques. Right. Yeah. Or they've already lived through an injury. Yeah. Also true. <laughs> it's also possible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I guess basically need a lot more research. Well, know, that is right? true. <laughs> well, that's always a good finding of research, though, because you answer one question, and our question was, okay, what interventions are effective in adult workers in the most affected populations to re- prevent MSCs? Right. Okay, we found multiple ways that we can do this, but we also found more questions. And I think that's a wonderful thing because we know this is such a pervasive issue. It's multifaceted and it's okay. We have more work to do. There's more work to be done. Um, is there any uh, research or statistics to show that it's on the rise? Are there more MSDs occurring now than before? Is, it hard, is that hard to say just because of... You know, it's hard to say because the data we currently have for it is flawed. Um, a lot of how musculoskeletal disorders in the workplace are defined are by the Bureau of Labor Statistics. Right. Um, so they are the big housing for industry, um, fatality and non-fatal mm-hmm. data. Um, with that too, this data comes from, at least in the, the U.S., comes from OSHA 300 logs, which has its own flaws as well. Um, one of the big issues that we know is that the... Uh, demographic information is optional um, so we don't have a lot on what obviously we know we need um, and also too if you go there's how BLS defines it but also too we know there's inconsistencies in how things are recorded and reported so it's maybe what you think is an MSD is different than what someone else thinks first aid only you know, a first aid only incident is not required to be recorded. So right. if someone can right. resolve that without needing prescription strength medication or time off work, we may never even know that that happened. It's like yeah, you could and yeah, you could sprain your ankle on the job and not tell anybody. And exactly. Just wrap it on your own. I mean, I've sprained exactly. my ankle multiple times playing sports, and you know, it's like, it's like you go to a doctor for it. Mm-hmm. Something they can do. So right, yeah. right, and as long as you're not. As long as you're not requiring prescription strength medication for it, or like a rigid splint, you know, mm-hmm. someone, you could even report it and get taped up and go back to work. Right. And that is not required to be reported, so we wouldn't know about that. Is awareness of musculoskeletal disorders, uh, is it on the rise with businesses, with, uh, with companies, or do you feel like it's kind of still underreported, under, you know, not paid attention to as much as it should be? We still feel like it's not paid as much attention to as it should be and the attention that it deserves. Um, you know, as we talked about at the beginning, this is the most, by far the most prevalent workplace injury. And it just doesn't seem like it's getting that much attention. You know, I'd like to say that people are paying more attention to it. Um, 
hopefully that's one of the things we can do with the MSD Solutions Lab is share that knowledge and get folks more engaged. I, I don't I don't know yet. Yeah. And we don't know how to even measure that from the past right. moving forward, right? Is it a 10-year window that we're trying to, to analyze or what? But, but basically getting the word out and obviously in, in programs like this or conferences like this where you've got a lot of businesses here and folks yes. you know, you wanting to learn about how to make their workplaces safer, this is kind of a great way to, to get the word out. Yeah, ex exactly. So that's the really the driving force behind the MSD pledge, which we just launched in June. And already we have 115 companes that have signed on so to what the is that? MSD pledge. Oh, yeah, good question. <laughs> <laughs> so the MSD... That's why they pay me the big bucks. <laughs> <laughs> right? Obviously. They don't. The, the MSD pledge um, really is a... It's a global movement to recruit companies to stand up and say this is a problem we know this is a problem we are asking them to innovate and collaborate well first to understand the risks of MSDs in their organization to work to find solutions and to share those solutions once they find solutions that's our innovate and collaborate and um, also to build a culture that values the worker and values the health of their worker and then ultimately reduce MSDs by 25% by the year 2025 Oh, wow. That 25% goal is not individual company-wide, but what we're saying is as a community, by doing those first three things, we can reduce the MSDs across the entire community of pledges by that. So you know, one company may have a goal to implement a certain solution. We're sitting here in the technology pavilion, right? Yeah. right? Maybe somebody implements implements an exoskeleton or a wearable technology. Yeah, I was just going to ask you some examples of some of these solutions. Yeah. There's ways to kind of, you know, I see some of these sort of robots that can pick up, you know, large objects like so a worker doesn't have to, you know, it's preventing some back strain or, or other injury, right? I mean, what, right. Some of the other things. Exactly. One of those, um, which I thought was really interesting, they've trained the robot to run missions in a hospital healthcare setting. So you can load whatever is needed and then train the robot to go deliver it where it needs to go. So now you have that that higher value work is the the selection, the pulling, the, the kitting of what needs to be done. The actual walking across campus to deliver it, that's a less high value mission right. to run. So if you can have the robot help with that, then maybe you need fewer people, you, the people that you use are doing um, higher value. Right. Contribution. And obviously, like in places like warehouses, where you've got a lot of heavy things to be moved from one end of the warehouse to the other, or loaded on a truck, if you can get some help. Right. You know, I've seen you know robots that have been able to kind of help out in those situations. Well. Yeah, exactly, exactly. There's even uh, like conveyor belt picking robots. Um, one of the tools that we have here, one of the examples that they showed us, was uh, picking fruit. So like a bad fruit selector that can be done virtually. So you can actually, with uh, uh, virtual reality, you can see the line and pick the sour plum or whatever it might be out of the line and you don't have to physically be in the building. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, so I guess what are some other things that, that the lab is working on? 
obviously this is a big project, but what are some other things that you guys are doing, I guess, towards this goal? Yeah, uh, we've hit on the big ones. I think our, our research projects are really big. The solutions, the innovation solutions that we brought here to the show today, that was a, a significant effort. Um, launching the pledge was another big effort. Looking forward, we are working with our advisory council to continue to identify what will be the highest value areas for us to invest our time and energy. We will be creating another innovation solution uh, or innovation challenge to roll forward into the next year and also designing grants um, for really to move solutions into that research, out of research, into practice, right. right? And how can we best utilize the grant opportunities that we have to move the needle on that? Have you been uh, pleased with sort of the involvement, the reception from businesses to you know, what, you're, what you're doing? Are people generally, you know, enthusiastic about it? Very, very much so. Very much so. <laughs> very much so. And what we're hearing a lot of is that feeling of, you know, this is a, an idea, this collaborative approach is something that's long overdue. Yeah. Um, individuals have been working in their individual organizations for years and years without having an organized way to share solutions across industry, across company, and connect the academics with the solution providers with the manufacturers, or not manufacturers, but really any of the industries that are taking up solutions. That's well, great. Well, Green and Emily, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been great. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us. It's been a pleasure. That wraps up episode 127 of EHS on Tap. You can find more information about the show and listen to on-demand episodes at ehsdailyadvisor.blr.com. You can subscribe to the show on SoundCloud, Amazon Music, Google Play, iTunes, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening, and I hope you join me next time.